On this hard charging episode, we dive deep into the mindset that lets us live a life truly with purpose. We're going to talk with one badass dude here. His name is Juan Carlos Santana. He is the founder of the Institute of Human Performance. You talk about energy, you got to listen to this episode. This guy dives into not only his background, where he came from, but his success and how he's gotten there. I love the integrity, the honor, and more importantly, the hard charging, no bullshit approach to life. If you want to make a dynamic change right here and right now, do not miss this episode. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Stand by. Rise up, warrior, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War. My name is Rafa Condon. Of course, I am your host, a man on a mission here to transform you into a modern day warrior. Now, listen. I know we've been a little bit up and down on the releases of the podcast here over the last couple of weeks, and I promise you after the Conclave of Warriors, we're going to get back online, no doubt about it. So speaking of the Conclave of Warriors, listen, this is going to be the most powerful event of the year, and I'm telling you, if you miss it, you're going to do yourself a great disservice. If you are in the South Florida area, I mean, we have people coming all over Canada, South America, Germany. So regardless where you are, really, you still have an opportunity to get your seats, secure your seats right here, right now. We're going to give you a discount on uh, some of the hotel rooms that we have. I believe we have maybe about 12 to 15 rooms still available on the block. All right. Get on board. Conclaveofwarriors.com. Go check it out. Look what the event is all about. And I'm telling you, once you see it, you're going to want to be there. We have hundreds of people attending this event and if you have not done so already leave us a review on itunes so very important to continue trending higher on these itunes charts real easy just go there leave some feedback a review will be greatly appreciated that's all i ask in return for the great content that you get on this podcast all right let's jump right into it JC santana welcome to the man of war podcast my brother is an absolute honor to have you on Thank you, Rafa. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you, man. Awesome, man. Your story is far and deep, and we're going to get into it because you're one of those guys that has a very strong mindset and a warrior in my book, no doubt about it, man. Hey, could you introduce yourself for our audience real quick? Absolutely. My name is Juan Carlos Santana, and I am the CEO of the Institute of Human Performance, who uh, that is a uh, high-performance training facility here in uh, Boca Raton. I'm of uh, Cuban descent, was born in Cuba in 59. Uh, came here when I was seven and, uh, you know, lived the American dream, baby. Awesome. Love it, man. Love your energy, Juan. Now, listen, what I want to do here, man, is right, I mean, we're going to dive right into your mindset, all right? Tell us a little bit about when you came to this country here and then how you, I mean, how you worked yourself up the ranks, man. Well, bro, you know, <clears throat> I think I think my story is not unique in, in the sense of, uh, of many people who have been successful, I think the, the story of successful people uh, kind of has the same base, although the specifics change. But the base is the same. You know, I'm a normal kid. I get here when I'm seven years old. I mean, getting to, you know, when you come from Cuba, getting to the United States is like landing in Disney World. Amen. You have all these things that, that you only dreamed of from candy to toys to people to playgrounds to everything. And, uh, you know, did the normal, the normal uh, Little League stuff. Uh, I have a sister, so she took good, great care of me. We're very close to this day. Uh, my parents have been married for 65 years. So that that kind of gives you the – I think that's very important because that gives you the base, the root base of where many people, not all of them, but many people draw their strength from, which is, which is an upbringing with love and compassion and hard work and decency. Love you it, know, love so it. that's my – when in times of trouble, that's what I lean on. That's the well that I go to. So uh, we we uh, land in California after the freedom flights, uh, you know, and then there, we're there for about a, a year and a half. Then we come here to uh, Florida in about 69. Normal. I, I got into martial arts at 12, um, like a typical guy. You know, I'm sure that everybody's been what they call now bully. That that didn't exist when I was uh, nine. <laughs> That was just playground stuff, you know. Some of the big guys that bang you every once in a while, uh, some of the more aggressive people would, would you know, be a- aggressive towards you. And you had to learn the skills. You have to learn skills that are gone now. That's why I don't believe in this bully stuff. You got to let the kids sort it out because if not, you create weak people. So I'm in the neighborhood in El Barrio down there in, in, uh, in Miami, 
And we have everything. Nice kids, bad kids, strong kids, weak kids, right. 30, 40 of And you have to learn these skills. Uh, I get into martial arts at 12 because I just love them. I've always loved the martial arts since I was five or six years old. And, you know, go through my kung fu career, my karate, kickboxing, wrestling, judo, blah, 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 blah. Um, get through high school, did really well in, in wrestling, continue to compete in martial arts, get into college, you know, study uh, uh, med and uh, pre-med engineering, the whole bit, and uh, get through get through all that. I get married early to my high school sweetheart. That didn't work out, you know. <laughs> Come up here to Boca Raton in 83 uh, after, um, you know, a, a short career at Florida Power and Light as an engineering tech, uh, and, and then come over here, start a band, believe it or not, because that's my, my, actually, I don't even know if it's my first or second love, uh, music and, and art, uh, toured that's with awesome. four years, uh, opened up a bar and that didn't last long. That was about three years and went bankrupt. Uh, by that time, my, my first son is born. And it's uh, 19, uh, let me see, 1991, and he's about, uh, you know, a year old, 92. I go bankrupt and go back to school, and I get a master's, uh, a bachelor's and a master's in exercise science. And, man, when, when my son was born, that's when I got really direction. That's when all the partying, all the, all the questions in my life had been answered, and I knew I wanted to be a good father, and I didn't want, yeah, I want to take care of this kid. And uh, I go back to school, get two degrees, start my doctorate, and man, I just blasted into this personal training, uh, performance enhancement. And since then, I've written 17 books, produced uh, 70 DVDs, opened up my own gym that's now 18 years um, in, in the making. Uh, I'm in 32 countries. Uh, my, my materials are, I'm in 17 international universities, I've, uh, certified probably in the in north of 10,000 trainers worldwide. And I have a very strong presence in this hemisphere, especially in South America, because I'm, you know, I'm the only big hitter that speaks Spanish from right. the United States. And I also do very, very well in China. As a matter of fact, I've got the Brazil coming in December, and I have a 15-coach uh, team coming from China in January. And people come from all over the world to IHP to do intensives, you know, five-day mentorships, sure, three-day sure. mentorships, where they just immerse themselves in our culture and in our training methods and you know they see the housewife they see the attorney they see the doctor they see the kid and they see the fighters and they see the professional athletes kind of all as a family all melted in very well integrated into a training environment you've been there you know it's a, it's sure. a kind of a, it's a great place. place you know it's a very Absolutely. magical so tell me a little bit then about, so you came, you know, early from Cuba, you were on the streets in Miami. I mean, I, I, I was born and raised in Miami, so I know all about that, Los Barrios, and certainly. Miami high. <laughs> <laughs> Miami high, right on Flagler, baby. <laughs> there you go. And uh, so, I mean, for you to go through, you know, through a, a split up with your with your first wife and, and, and get a divorce and then kind of change hats and start going to school and then get all the way, you know, go to a, obviously multiple universities, go out there and get a doctorate. And, you know, then your focus from what you're telling me here is that then you, you, you wanted to do personal training. You wanted to really take that personal training field and kind of... I guess for lack of a better word, revolutionize it. And the bottom line here is, I mean, the fact that you are out there, you said in China and, and South America, you know, not that many people, not that many personal trainers have that long stem that they could reach out to those countries. So how did you set about doing that? Yeah, I, and just a correction, I'm, and I'm a dissertation short of my doctorate. That's a lifelong achievement. I'm not in a hurry, and I will get that doctorate. I'm, um, I'm right now... Um, in uh, research studies with several international universities, and I suspect that my doctorate will not come from the U.S., but will come from somebody like uh, somewhere like Chile or Cuba or even Ecuador, where they're much more open to um, uh, to to research and to getting things done. Sure. Than the hoops that you have to dance through here. But anyways, uh, to, not not to digress, but um, the the you know I wanted. What, what I first wanted to do was wanted to get into something that I loved. So I, ha I was tired of studying things that my parents wanted me to do. You know the Latin people. There's only three respected uh, careers in the Latin community, especially the islands. Either you're a doctor, you're an attorney, or you're an engineer. 
maybe sure. an architect. Outside of that, you know, everything else is is uh, chucheria, mm -hmm. as they say, right? Right. right. So I, I I stopped going to school for things that my culture, my parents wanted me to do. And I asked myself, for those who that are listening, if you're ever in your 30s or 20s and you're kind of been running around, you've done 50 million jobs and, and you go, Jesus, what am I doing with, with uh, my life? Ask yourself this question because it saved me. I asked myself this question. When were you the happiest? That's and awesome. It was yep. centered around writing workouts on a paper, uh, helping people. I said, when were you respected? When did you feel good about yourself? And it was always the gym or the training floor. I said, you got to get back to that. That's when I started studying exercise science. And man, let me tell you, when you hit your groove, when you hit that groove that, that puts you on the path for which you were set on this earth to do, just things blow up, Rafa. I'm sure you've been there. You hit this groove, man. It's endless energy. Everything seems to be turning out right. Everything you touch turns to gold. And that was my that that was my my thing. And ever since then, bro, look, I've been divorced. I've been bankrupt. I've been divorced twice. Once with three children. If anybody's been divorced with three young children, that has got to be one of the most painful things that you could do. Uh, I went through the 2008 recession. But when you are doing something that you love to do, where you say, if I hit the lottery tomorrow, what would I be doing the next day? If the sure. answer is this, you're in the right path. You're in the right path. So once I did that, man, just things blew up. And you, when you write a book, you write it with gusto. You write it with creativity. When, you, when you're in front of a camera or doing a video, man, you're just pouring your, your soul out there. And that's usually going to be very, very well received because people love that energy. Once I started doing that, man, just everything opened up. Everything opened up. That doesn't mean it wasn't hard work, but just everything opened up. And when there was challenges, you had the internal energy, the internal energy to drive because what you were doing was bigger than you. That's, that's another thing. You have to fight for something that's bigger than you. Makes you sense, know? yep. I'm a, I'm a big believer, JC, that, that definitely that is, you know, people hold themselves to, to a certain level and they feel like everything they're doing out there is just about me, 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 me. Once you switch that hat, like you said, right? Once you switch that hat and you step it up to that next level and start saying to yourself, hey man, you know, this is, the reality is that I'm doing this for a higher purpose. Once you get there, I'm 100% with you. Life starts changing. Yep. Yep. And you know, I, I, my nephew is graduating from um, uh, hazardous uh, materials school right now from bombs from a, a bomb squad right now in Alabama. And um, he graduates tomorrow as my, my 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 sister just got on a plane and I just got off the phone with him. He's got his last uh, evolution to do. And then, boom, graduation time. Awesome. And I told him because he used to say, oh, you know, I, I I'm, I'm having bad luck. And I, his name is Eric. I said, Eric, you make your own luck. You're having bad luck because you ain't living right. I said, when you start to live right, your luck changes. And every time he has an acceptance speech of any award, he always brings out his deal. You know, he's my godchild. My a very something, you know, he said, he'll say something, someone very special to me once said, and he'll utter my words. And, and, and that's because he found something bigger than him. He found what he loves. He loves guns. He loves robots. He loves um, bombs. And he's, the, he's at the top of his class now in North Carolina. You know? Awesome. So I want to digress just a little bit here when you said that, you know, when you start living, right, that that life in a, in a proper manner, in a manner that is, you know, that you're helping others, that you're doing something that you love, but more importantly, that you are carrying yourself honorably, that you have integrity in your life. And once you start cleaning up the edges, I mean, it really things start kind of panning out. When was that time for you in your life when you kind of cleaned up your edges and then you started seeing kind of things moving in the right direction for you? When my son was born, when my oldest son was born, Rio, uh, he, he, you know, he's born in 91. At that time, I'm 32 years of age and living in Miami, growing up in Miami, growing up in Miami in the seventies, I don't have to tell you what was going on right. in the seventies and early eighties in Miami, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Scarface, the whole bit. That, yep. that, that, that was going on in Miami and I was in the middle of that. And my friends were people that were probably in the movie, uh, the real characters. Right. Um, 
So, you know, my, my, when I come up here to a Boca to study and, and I'm still partying and I'm still doing all that and my son is born, that's when, that's when you start living for something else other than you. Awesome. And I looked at this baby and I said, you know, what do I want for this kid? I'm responsible for this kid. I have to stop all this stupid stuff. That's when I went back to school. So what changed my life was real. You know, and, and I that's, say, that's powerful right there, man. That's powerful. Say, man, you came into my life when I needed you the most. And you made a man out of me. Every card that I write to him says that. Awesome. And, you know, kids, you know, some like that, like something in your life, like I know my kids inspire me. I mean, certainly they make me uh, better um, across the board knowing that I'm I have to be a parent, right? I mean, and the reality is that the way that I carry myself, the way that I live life, it's not just for me or my wife. I mean, it's for my kids also. I am an example for them. I am something that they look up to and say, hey, my father is doing this. Even though I have had many fuck-ups, okay? And I know that you've probably had many fuck-ups throughout <laughs> your life also, you know? But somehow, it. some way, man, you manage up to rise up and, and, and clear that shit out and do the best you can and become successful in life. Yeah, man, I, I'm not here to throw any stones because my, my house is such thin glass, I can't even begin to tell you. It's crystal. <laughs> you blow on it and, and it and it cracks, so... I'm not here to throw stones of uh, anybody. I've done, you know, I've done sh stuff that I'm certainly uh, not proud of. I don't regret because those mistakes have made me the man that I am. So, so let's uh, go. Let's go right there, JC. Tell me something in your life, okay, that you were in a black hole, that you were literally, I mean, upside down, and somehow, some way, all right, during that time, you were able to rise up and overcome it. Oh, probably the worst time in my life. I mean, when I'm when I'm in my late twenties, I'm partying. I'm you know I'm high half the time, so you're not suffering much. And I've always been a great natured guy. I've never been a mean guy. I've never been wanted to hurt people. So even when I was in the underworld, I was in the underworld laughing, having fun. And if I could help somebody, I would help them. You know, so I was never one of those mean dudes. Uh, but I think the darkest period of my life was uh, when, when, when the recession came in 2007, 2008, the recession came at the same time, my marriage was going downhill. Oh, dude, I got involved in an affair with a person half my age. It, it, the, the whole, my whole life was toxic. My whole life was toxic. The, everything about it was toxic. The way I thought was toxic. I, I swear to God, I thought God had abandoned me. And I, for the first time, I'm looking at the worst of humanity. I think that that humanity is just lost. That 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 that. So I'm in a dark place from 2008. I don't know, man. Maybe to 2013, something like that. 2014. I'm in a dark place. In a dark place. And I, I start doing a lot of spiritual work. I start studying everything from Eckhart Tolle to Hawkins to Deepak Chopra uh, to uh, Course in Miracles. Uh, I mean, you name it. I, I went through three or four spiritual coaches. I went through two or three therapists. I couldn't sleep. They put me on lithium. Hey, my brother, just a quick break in the action here. Conclaveofwarriors.com, the most powerful event of the year. you got to be there. We still have some tickets available, limited, but you must be there. We have hundreds of individuals coming from all over the world to this event, entrepreneurs, businessmen, CEOs, warriors. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. This is going to be not only an inspirational event, it's going to be an event that's going to change you forever. So go to conclaveofwarriors.com and grab your tickets. And Lamictal, right. I mean, th these are seizure-controlling, straight-jacket medications. Sure. And I was still a walking zombie. I could walk on lithium. I, I would operate on lithium. That, I mean, that's how jacked up on adrenaline I was. And then uh, in China, I'm looking at all these pills that I'm doing, and I still can't sleep. And I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were your happiest without any of this garbage. And I remember in China, I threw all the, uh, all the things away. I came back. Still was in a toxic relationship, but, you know, um, but started to heal myself. And at about 2016, 2015, I come out. I come out of it. And all along during the dark ages, okay, of, of, of my life, 
What kept me going was my children, my parents who are still alive, 80, 88 and 85, always right. going um, for, for, for a well of wisdom and that for strength. My sister also, she's been through a lot, you know, um, widowed twice. So, you know, survival of cancer, head, uh, brain surgery, the whole bit. So I, got, I come from a strong stock. So I, I went back to that stock to, to draw strength. So that, that's what my family, my kids, that's what kept me going and my job. I love, there's back to doing what you love to do for a higher purpose. I always say my best wife has always been my job. Because, <laughs> That's good. Because it's been predictable. It's been, never have I written a book that has not been a bestseller. Never have I given a seminar and put everything I, 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 I got into it where I didn't get a standing ovation. Never an article that hasn't been printed where I wanted it printed. So my, my career I've given everything to, and it's given me back. The more I give, the more it gives. It's never failed me. People are a little bit different, you know, yeah, children included. When they get into their teens, you put in a lot, you get nothing. Right, right. Because <laughs> they know everything, you know. What I, what I hear from you, the way you're talking, and you're a very upfront guy. You pretty much wear your emotions on your sleeve. You have a lot of energy, and, <clears throat> you know, you're not there trying to toot your own horn so much, but more about, you know, your beliefs and the way that, uh, from what I'm getting from you is are you just honesty across the board? You're not looking to hide behind, you know, a chair or a table or a wall. You're basically going out there and saying to yourself, hey, listen, I'm going to be who I am, like it or not. It, it, up front, bro. Totally yeah. up front. Yeah. What, what, uh, you know, I, I don't front for anybody. You know, I tell my children, you know, I've got I've got um, my uh, my youngest boy right now. You know, he's going through a difficult period. And of course, you know, dad, the disciplinary is is the idiot. And that's fine. That's fine. You don't want to talk to me for now. That's fine. But understand this. <clears throat> if I die tomorrow, you'll know this about your dad. Dad doesn't sell out even for the love of his child. I will not sell out. You got to come to this house. You have to respect it. You have to respect me. You have to respect your mom. You have to respect your siblings and you have to be productive. And I'm going to call you on it when you're not, you know, period. End of story. And if you have a problem with that, then you have a problem with me and I'm not going to change because what's right is right. So, you know, I mean, what am I going to walk around here and, and drive my navigator like everything is uh, like I'm perfect? No, I'm not perfect, man. And I don't have a perfect life. But you know what? Human beings are made to bear a heavy load. That's what defines us from day one. The heavier the load you bear, the more, the more right you have to, to claim your divinity. You know, it's right. like the heavy load gives you a path to the divine person you were born and to all of that potential. If you don't carry that heavy load, you're not put on that path. It's just not. You're not going to have anybody who's self-actualized that won the lottery that did absolutely nothing in his life, just won $30 million, and boom, there it is. He's got everything, done everything, perfect. Nothing. It can't happen. It's impossible. Can't happen. It can't happen. You have to get there. <clears throat> you have to get there carrying a heavy load. It's just part of, of, of the human psyche and, and hu human socials uh, conduit. It's just the way it is. <clears throat> now, how did you develop your mindset? Is it something that your family um, had and kind of instilled in you since you were young? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, I think <clears throat> my, my parents, my mom especially, taught me how to be decent. You know, my, my, my dad, <clears throat> my dad is more of a survivor, <clears throat> hustler, hard worker. He, he, he operated on himself in front of me when I was five. He removed a cyst from his armpit with a Gillette razor. And then... Oh, yeah. And, and then went to work. It says he called my mom, China, China, you know, try me, try me, yo, you know, bring me iodine. And man, he went to it, put the Gillette underneath a, a, a candle, boom, cut himself open, squeeze this thing out, put a bandaid on it, put his shirt, went to work. So that's, that's my dad. That's my dad. He's got this natural intelligence, maybe sixth grade education wired an entire house, demolished the car, rebuilt it. He, he had that. I don't have that. Hell, I have four years of engineering, electrical engineering, and I can't switch a fan. This dude 
change the entire electrical panel on a house with a sixth grade education. Right here, let me let me have your take right here on this. I mean, the reality is that <clears throat> nowadays, um, most of our new generation, up and coming generation, they're very, very computer smart. They're very, very book smart. But you know what you just said right now is being street smart, being uh, um, as we call it, you know, in general, kind of being there and understanding what is happening and figuring out what's in front of you. And, you know, sometimes in life you have to adapt, you have to overcome, and you have to improvise. And I feel, I don't know if you agree with me here, but the new generation that we have coming up, they're not like that. It's pretty much a different type of generation where, yes, they are book smart, but when it comes to common sense, uh, I find it to be they're somewhat lacking in comparison to, you know, people like your dad and people from, you know, in the 50s and 60s. I don't know. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, 100 percent. But I mean, <clears throat> like we were talking before the show, you know, this this generation here, it's crazy because it has it has the tendency to a, a special subgroup to go towards socialism. I mean, you see these kids with um, uh, El Che Guevara shirt on. They don't even know what the friggin' thing they're wearing, man. You don't even know what you're wearing when you're wearing Che Guevara. You know, you you don't know what that dude did. You don't know what that regime did. You don't know how they came to power. You don't know nothing, but you idolize and you romanticize Lenin and Stalin and Mao, and you don't even know what that is. You don't even know what that is. They, 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 they want stuff for free. So they think if they go to school and they acquire information that it will already give them the ability to make decisions and process information, they're great at acquiring information. Hell, if you want to know what time the movie is and if you should take I-95 to go south if there's an accident, give your phone to a young kid that, that's 12. They'll tell you everything. But now if you say use that information – to create a, 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 a syncopated plan between three or four people and have to deal with personalities and have to deal with logistics and have to deal with processing and analyzing information, they'll shit their pants. Right. No doubt. I agree. hundred percent. Forget, forget if, if forget if it has any work involved, if they got to bear that heavy load, then it's then game, game over, game over. Why? Because what's common sense? How do you get common sense? How do you get common sense? My father got common sense because he bared the heavy load. It's just not words. It's what does that mean? That means you have to go through stuff, which means you have to put yourself in a position, all right, where you go through stuff. What does go through stuff mean? Put yourself in a position where constant challenges are thrown your way. Because when you survive that, that's what gives you sense. People just talk shit and they don't even know what's coming out of their mouth. What is common sense? What is that sense? How do you get that sense? You get that sense by overcoming challenges, which means bullying, which means asking a girl to go steady back in the day and say and have them say no in <laughs> person, in person, feel your heart throb and go, God, what a disappointment or God. What a wonderful thing. I'm so in love or Jesus, my heart's broken. You got to feel that shit. So you create a sense for that. And that sense, which we call common sense, used to come because it was common for people to go through experiences because they didn't have phones and they didn't have computers and they didn't live in this in this in, uh, social media world. There's no sense now. That's why common sense is not so common. Yep, you got to carry the heavy load. Heavy load means you got to put up with bullying. And yeah, you got to get your ass whooped every once in a while to know what that feels like, to know that you don't want to feel that no more. So A, you create social skills that allow you to navigate situations, okay? And you create physical skills that allow you to navigate situations. And I, I don't mean you become a black belt in karate, okay? I mean, you create a spirit that does not give into bullying because bullying is not about physical. Bullies care about taking your soul. They want you to be subservient. They want to beat your soul. They want to take your soul. 
And when you have a little kid who's bloody nose, but still gets up and refuses to stay down to a bully, the bully is automatically deflated and that kid no longer becomes a target. Agreed. Because you're not giving the bully the heroin that he wants. My Agreed. mom is the patriarch of our family. She's all of five two, you know, and by physical standards, she's not by any stretch of the imagination a strong person physically. But she carries such elegance, such courage, such such strength that man, when she talks, everybody she calls a meeting, everybody shows up. Now, why is my mom not the, the victim of the, of the family aggressive people? Why do the aggressive people submit to my mom's wishes? And they don't even submit. It's, it's almost like a respect. They don't put themselves under her. They just bring her up to their level, let's say. And it's an even keel. There's no violence. There's no hollering. There's no yelling. There's just total respect. How does my mom, and that's where I learned it from, how does my mom become the matriarch of, a, of alpha, alpha males and alpha females in my family, and she becomes the matriarch of that? To see that as a young man teaches you how you can be kind, compassionate, and loving, and carry a heavy stick, baby, yeah. a heavy, an invisible heavy stick. That's great. That's, that's a great point. Great point, because the reality is, like you said, I mean, JC, you know, we in, in this day and age, I mean, I don't see that, man. I, I don't exactly what you are saying right now, what you're describing. I, I don't see that in most homes. I, I see. And this is one of the reasons this podcast, I started this podcast was because the emasculation of men. Right. And I don't see that. I see what in this world that we're living in. I see a lack of uh, manhood. I see a lack of respect. That goes both ways. But I'm also seeing more than anything men walking around with a tail in between their legs and not being able to take mindset, to take things that they have learned in the past and implement them into their lives to be able to be stronger and to be able to be leaders, not only of whatever, wherever the fuck they work, but leaders in their home, in their tribe. And I don't see that. And it, it's, a, it, it's a, unfortunately, it's a shame. It's embarrassing in my book because I think that there's so much potential for men to step up and start being men. But also what I'm seeing in this society that we're living in is exactly what you're you just said people uh, you know we talked about people voting and people going to social socialism and wearing these shirts that they have no fucking clue where they came from and what what that means listen i'm a big believer that people need to start stepping up right now and start studying reading and figuring out truly who they are and what they're about. And I love the fact that you said, listen, I got my mindset right there. I mean, from, from your mother, matriarch, she earns that respect and it fed it into your body and it created who you are today. And that, to me, that's phenomenal. I think more, more people need to do that and have that vision, man or woman, and to have that vision and then accept it and bring it into their lives, no doubt about it. All right, let's change hats here. Talk to me about your training philosophies. Talk to me about, you know, what you're doing nowadays to help. I know that you, you know, you you work, uh, you train fighters, you train all sorts of people throughout the country, and also, like you said, China, South America. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, well, you know, I, I just I love training, man. I love solving. Um, performance problems. And I don't care if it's a bad back. I, I had, uh, you're, you're talking about uh, Lima, Peru. I had uh, one of the uh, police captains from Lima, Peru, who had a, a, um, a lumbar revision. He had a revision for a bad operation that he got in Cuba and then had to come over here with Dr. Cantor and get it fixed. And he was sent to me and the dude could barely walk. And uh, it, it's a very, very hard, hard case. And to work with him for a couple of months and get him up and running where he's jogging, where he's uh, doing push-ups and, and doing all kinds of stuff, that to me is just as interesting as getting uh, Julio, uh, I mean, um, uh, Cesar Mutante Ferreira, who fights now on the 17th in the uh, UFC Argentinian card. 
both of them are equally interesting to me. One is going to go in there and, you know, he's in the lights and he's in uh, UFC and you get to see him on Saturday and you're hollering at their party and all that stuff. And the other one, you're just trying to get him to get back to life, but he wants it. And and both of them are going to have equal rewards, equal, not one more than the other. And so I've always loved that. So um, because you love something, you spend a lot of time thinking about it. Sure. So if somebody's a, a stockbroker, right? Okay, but they love photography. As soon as they're done trading on the floor, they pick up their camera and they go to the ocean. They go to the forest. They go wherever and they start shooting pictures. Well, that guy's only going to work two hours on his love and then 10 hours on his job. Yes. Agreed. I, I work every awakening moment on what I love to do. So I never stop. So, of course... 10 years down the road, who's going to be good? The guy who wakes up with a camera in his hand and goes to sleep with a camera in his hand or the guy who does it as a hobby? Of course, the guy who, who does it 24-7. So I think that's one of the reasons that when you select what you love, you're always you're, you're never working, but you're always working. It's like Carlos Santana. Okay, you're going to tell him not to play the guitar because that's, that's how he makes his money? Hey, bro, stop working. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. This is my transcendence, man. This is when my spirit is free. I just happen to make money doing it. So don't ask me to stop doing this. This is what I love to do. Well, I see it the same way. So we've developed this incredible training system and and it's not even finished yet and it'll never be finished. And it's, it's a cauldron of energy that IHP, we're always thinking about how, uh, for example, um, our training system is so open, kind of like Bruce Lee, Jeet Kune Do, where there are no rules. Everything is a possibility. you got to explore everything. So to give you an example, what sets us apart, uh, Cesar Mutante comes for this fight, and he's got a little thing in his, in his uh, thoracic spine because he's fused at lumbar uh, L4, L5 with eight screws. So, of course, the mobility is going to go up on his spine, so he gets a little extra mobility. We had a problem there. We fixed that. Now a problem developed in his right knee fluid right so they took my four favorite training modalities you know a metabolic leg exercise the versa climber pushing the truck and um and uh pushing the truck oh and and uh, like for example we can't do any squatting anything like that so damn how am i gonna get this guy ready for war for war so i decided to use the upper body who has who, that has smaller muscle mass. So to get cardio training with the upper body is very difficult because you're not moving a big muscle mass, the arms, and of course you're not moving a lot of oxygen. So your VO2, which is the indication of, of uh, cardiac conditioning, which we don't believe in anyways, doesn't significantly go up with, or very difficult to move with your hands. So that's tradition. So if I look at tradition, I'm in a dead end. No legs, no big oxygen, what am I gonna do? So I decided to work on this guy's isometric and isotonic grappling, and I made him in shape using his arms. So imagine if you say, Carlos, I wanna run a marathon, but my, my, my legs are hurting, and I go, okay, Rafa, no problem. We're gonna, we're gonna run it, we're gonna stand you on your head, and we're gonna run with your arms, okay? So imagine that. So what happens, if we can get that done, I don't have to tell you, you're going to have two huge arms that are just unbelievable, like arms have never been. So that's what we did over, over 10 weeks. And he's, uh, he, he, we have our last training session this Saturday. He fights the following Saturday. And I got to tell you, Rafa, it's like, it's like I just worked on a new engine in a new car, and it's going to go out to the racetrack on next Saturday. And I'm so excited because I'm convinced that with less horsepower, it's going to be the faster car. Boom. Love that. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I am so jacked. And he's so jacked because he said, you know, Carlos, I was really nervous. But you, the way you look at training and the way you show up and your creativity, and you're so excited about this training, and I'm feeling so strong that I can't wait to get in the ring, in the octagon. And that's and, and that's part of the training, Rafa. It's not so much sure. the exercise, man. It's the coaching. Yep. It's the coaching. It's the same thing that my mom transmitted to me without any exercise. How did she transmit it? 
through coaching, through coaching, through, through demonstration and coaching. And then I would try what she would say in real life and it would work. And I'm going, wow, this works. Mom, tell me more. And mom would coach me some more. And I would try that. And if that didn't work, I'm going, well, mom, I had a little problem with it, uh, with this one. What do you think? She goes, well, try this one. And I go over there and try something else and it would work. I go, mom, that worked great like that. Damn, and that's she great. Always yeah. enthusiastic. Always has been uh, positive, enthusiastic. Try that, son. It's going to be awesome. And you and you transpose that to your fighter, dude. This guy's ready to eat ice right now. This guy's ready to chew on ice right now. And I think the the important part here is uh, you make a very solid connection too. I mean, the way that you carry yourself, you know, you're speaking, you got that energy, and, and you make that connection with a fighter or someone that's that's healing and trying to make them better. Man, that's worth a million dollars right there, no doubt. Baba, that is the training. That's what I try to tell my coaches. These exercises. You know, I'm known as the exercise guy and the training system guy. I go, that's not what I do. That's not what I do. That's like telling a carpenter, well, you're a screwdriver. You're all about the screwdriver and the plier and the hammer and the saw. I'm going, and, and, the, and the guy goes, no, 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 no. Look, those are tools. I'll give you my tools and say, here, do what I do. That, that, that house or that sculpture, that's the art. That's what I do. The other things are tools. My training system, my, my exercises, I'm known for that. That's like a carpenter being known for a plier. <laughs> like, are, you, are you fucking kidding me? You know, that's not what I do, bro. There's, there's pliers like this everywhere. Sure, Here's sure. my toolbox. Go do what I do. And you can't. Ah, why? Because the tools are not what I do. What we do at IHP is that transmission of energy. That's coaching. Because that's belief. How do, you, how do you change somebody in eight weeks? The body doesn't change that much in eight weeks. But in eight weeks, you can get somebody ready for war, for war. Look at, look at the police academy. Look at the armed forces. What's boot camp? You think boot camp is physical conditioning? That's, that's 10% of it. That's 10% of it. They always break you down, okay? Break you down and then build you up. It's that build up that creates the soldier. It's not the 20 clicks. That's right. That's right. Shit, the first person who ran a marathon to give in, in, in you know, to, to give news of the war didn't train for no marathon. As a matter of fact, he was a soldier. Who knows if he had hepatitis and, and what kind of uh, injuries he had from the war. The dude said, I'm going to go to a marathon, which was the name of the city, and give news of this war, even if it kills me. And he died. But he went, he ran and gave news. So what is that? That's the human will. So if you ask any of my trainers, what do we do at IHP? Here is the answer. We redefine the human will, period. We just use exercise to do that. That's powerful you know? stuff right there. Yoga Love class. It. How do you know the beginning uh, yoga class? How do you tell the difference between the beginning yoga class and the advanced yoga class? If the purpose of yoga is not to be flexible, purpose of yoga is to find center, to find your breath. Okay, it, it's a spiritual practice. What what do they do with the with with the positions? They make them harder and harder and harder and harder. Why? Because every religious discipline has used physical discomfort as a mode of transcendence. How do you know the advanced monk from the beginning monk? They look the same. Because one can meditate for 20 minutes without scratching his ass, and the other one can go onto a mountain, sit on snow, and not eat for three days, and sit there in lotus, and, and come out of it with no problem. That's how you tell the difference. Well, what's the difference? The level of suffering that you can accept. And you accept it because you have to transcend. You can't stay in your body. Absolutely not. Yep. You know, you got to go somewhere else. Well, where, what is that somewhere else? That somewhere else is the thing that is bigger than you. Yep. It's something that you can't sit there and explain in, you know, 30-second conversation. No, but you know what? I can make you feel it. Yep, experiencing exercise. it. Yep. I can, I can put you on a Versa climber and say, okay, Rafa, here we go. At about 15 seconds, if you keep this at 100, at about 15 seconds, the devil's going to be knocking on your door. Okay? Yep. Yep. And what I want you to do is I want you to relax your face and not answer the door. And not even know and not even wonder, not even wonder who's at the door. And then at 25 seconds, I don't want you to hear the doorbell anymore. Okay, relax into this 
and get to 30. Okay, here we go. And you boom, bum, bum, bum. And at 15, I'm going to tell you, okay, Rafa, here it comes. Relax your face. Breathe through it. Relax, relax. Ain't nobody knocking. Relax. You're not hearing anything. Five seconds left. Four, three, two, one. Bam. And then we sit and analyze. Okay, what did you feel? Where did you go? What? How did you deal with this? How did you accept this perception? All right, cool. That's a practice. Before you know it, my guys are going through circuits that kill a human being. Science can't explain it, but they get through it. That's awesome. It's the training at IHP, Baba. Transcend human will. Awesome. Very powerful right there, man. Love it. Love it. So talk to me a little bit about your the way that you've branded and the way that you've brought in a culture into IHP and basically the culture that you carry across when you travel and people that purchase your books. I mean, where did you get that? I mean, was it something that you developed through time or you already had a focus and you had a vision and a mission when you started uh, doing this personal training? Rafa, I am the worst businessman. In, I make, I'm, I'm a genius at, at producing stuff that people find interesting. And so people say you're a genius at making money. Okay. Because everything you touch turns to gold. So people automatically think that I can monetize everything to the degree that I am a genius at what I do. And, and nothing could be further from the truth. Everybody that looks at me asks, why don't you have $20 million in the bank? Knowing what you know and have producing what you produce. I go, because that's not why I produced it. And, and much to my fault, because I should have 10 million, 15 million, 5 million. I should have more money than I, than I have. You know, I'm still getting out of the debt that I incurred in 2008 through 2013. And I should have gotten out of that debt much faster. But I don't have, and maybe I'm lazy or maybe I don't pay attention to the marketing and the branding. I'm not really good with that. Rafa, I'm not really good with that. And that's why I do okay. I do fine. But I don't do my potential monetizing because I haven't paid attention to that. I paid attention to the thing that is bigger than me. I paid attention to self-actualizing. I paid attention to driving the industry. And and maybe maybe much to my dismay, maybe, maybe I should I, I should be paying more attention to the business side and i'm finding myself now starting to pay attention more to the money making end of it you know and i have my son in place for that and i have other people in place for that so i can stay so i can stay grounded to my skill set and i can stay grounded to my love cuz i don't want to start studying when instagram hits hard what days to boost i don't dude i don't want i don't want to do that i'll die I'll make yeah. more money, but I'm going to die. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it, is, so, it is definitely suffering right there. Bro, for, you know. You know, can you imagine that? Yeah. And then, okay, ooh, let's rebrand. Let's do a new logo. And then let's, mano me muero. I can't, I, that's, not, yeah. that's not inspiring to me. And probably I need more because I could use a little bit more money and get totally out of debt and all this shit. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I go, okay, look, what is this? What is this debt stuff that we talk about? Okay, it's money you owe. All right, so is, is the money that I owe impeding me from eating, from dressing, from going anywhere and doing anything I really want to do? No. So pay it as you're doing right now. You're you're going down in debt. You're going to be out of debt in two years. Who gives a shit if it's two years or three years? Who cares? You know, live, live happy, produce, produce, live in your, live in the moment, live at what you do, love what you do, and all that will take care of itself. So to answer your question, it's kind of evolved. It's kind of evolved. And here's my son to save me again. He saved me when he was born and he's saving me now because I'm looking, I'm going to be turning 60 this coming year and he's 27. He loves all this Instagram stuff and all this Facebook stuff. And he loves the sales, the sales that say he's a money guy. He loves it. He loves making more money. Right. Me, I'm a, I'm a, can I, can I get, can I get Caesar to be in the best shape for, for, for Saturday? That's me. Right. right. That's, can I fix this guy's back? The surgeons have turned their back on him. Can I fix this guy's back? That's me. Awesome. That's powerful stuff right there, man. You're a passionate guy that really focuses and loves what he's doing. I mean, you could hear it in your voice 
And and the reality is that, you know, sometimes, you know, money isn't, you know, the end all be all. Is it great? Yes. I'm all about making money. I'm all about getting paid definitely what you deserve. And I'm all about, you know, going out there and being a badass businessman that can do the right thing by the people and make a great living, no doubt. But passion comes first, like you're saying. And 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 we unfortunately as a society in whole, again, you know, we tend to and I and I put myself in that picture it from time to time where you got to balance out making money and going after truly what you love. Look, this guy right here, JC, for my audience, okay, JC loves what he does. He's a passionate guy. He is one guy here that, you know, has basically said, hey, listen, I'm old school. I'm all about giving of myself and the rest will come. And everyone has seen how successful you are with your best sellers. And definitely IHP is kicking ass. That That's a great place to go. If you are in the South Florida area, I mean, go check out IHP. All right, listen, I'm going to give you some floor time here. Where can people follow you? Give me that, some of, some of your books, something like that, so we can put it on the show notes and get our, uh, our listeners to uh, follow up with that. Yeah, if you go to IHPFit.com, all right. Uh, my son, once you go to IHPFIT.com, you can follow us on Instagram. Because if you ask me, what's your Instagram here? Here, you want to see what kind of businessman I am? Ask me my Instagram. I don't know it. Ask me my Facebook. I think we have three or four. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you the name in, in Facebook other than Juan Carlos Santana, but I know it's something else. So I don't even know none of this shit. Right. I don't know this. So I can tell you my, my website and I can tell you my email. Now, I can tell you that I have a functional training by Juan Carlos Santana. It's on Amazon. You can go buy that there. Uh, we have a new one coming out in print in January. I just finished the copy, which is called uh, JC's uh, uh, Total Body Transformation. That's going to be a kick-ass book. It's a kind of a follow-up to that functional training book um, that, that I uh, published in December of fifteen. So now three years later, almost to the month, uh, we'll, we'll do the follow-up. So those are the two big books. Of course, I've got 17 more. If you go to IHP Fit, you'll see all my bands. You will see all of the books. You will see all of the uh, online DVD stuff that you have for download. Uh, you have a link to the gym. So if you want to get a hold of me and see what we're about, IHPFit.com would be just the central place that I would send everybody to. And uh, for our listeners, I'm going to go ahead and post that on the show notes so you can go check out what JC is up to. No doubt about it, man. JC, man, it has been an honor. You are a master at your craft, no doubt about it. And you are a warrior-minded man in my book, man. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. It's always uh, good to speak with um, another man of war. And we don't mean war in the, uh, in the ugly sense. We mean war in the sense of carrying a heavy load being productive, carrying a heavy load as, as the training to life, carrying a heavy load to face challenges, be willing to face challenges and know you're not going to win all of them, but that's okay. Cause the ones you don't win are the ones that teach you the most. Hell so yeah. Better war all the way. All right, brother. Boom. What a great conversation with JC Santana, man. This guy is fired up, energized, and I love the fact that he is who he is and he makes no excuses about it. I hope that you gained some insight knowledge here and more importantly, elements here to take into your life and implement them right here and right now. Make that change. Take action. Listen, of course, before we go, conclaveofwarriors.com. You got to get there. This is going to be an absolutely phenomenal event, a life-changing event that you cannot miss. Conclaveofwarriors.com. Until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.